Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of Call Time with uh, my name, as always, is Brian M. Davis. Uh, joining me today, joining me today is the independent wrestler known as, I believe, or one of his mockers. I, I think is the one above all. I'm not sure if you have any other mockers that you probably chime in and say, "Oh yeah, I have those." But you know, I'm kind, of, I'm like primarily known as you know this one. But his name is Anthony G- uh, Gangon. Sorry, Gangon. Oh, I know. No, you got it the first time. Oh, gang on? Okay. Gang on, yeah. Oh, gang on. Okay. Yeah. If I mess it up, sorry. So. That's all right. I'm used to it. All right. Uh, I've seen him work in uh, Catalyst Wrestling, who I've done uh, show reports in the past. I've also seen him in the in the past, so I've probably seen him actually wrestle probably a couple of times in person. So he is like a legitimate. Uh, treat to see in uh, live action so anthony um how did you get uh before uh before i actually had you get into wrestling uh did you have any like any experience with uh acting and that sort of thing too or was it just sort of like something that just came uh something that just came to uh yeah something that came into your frame of mind once you start wrestling um no i i didn't have any performance background um i'm any legitimate one uh, whether that's you know school plays or i mean i've done school plays but nothing that i would say was uh a serious uh in on acting or anything like that i always knew that i would be a wrestler as a kid Hmm. uh that was the only goal and honestly, I mean, whether it's being an independent wrestler or one day getting signed or anything like that, um, I fulfilled that dream when it came to that. But no, I didn't have any uh, background when it came to acting or production or anything that has to do with maybe uh, plays or TV or anything like that. You know, just school plays. Oh, OK. Because, I, you know, from what I've seen or from what I've experienced over the past couple of years, especially as an actor, that a few of my friends or a few of my theater colleagues, I should say, have tried their hand in going into wrestling or in that, like, frame of thing, oh, I could, you know, I'll probably, uh, you know, um, train at a wrestling school and do a show, that sort of thing, too. And then, because, you know, they'd be, you know, big, you know, big WWE fans or whatnot, or, and then be like, I would never hear anything else from like them saying, "Oh, uh, yeah." It was like, "Oh, I just like had a, like a career change of like I didn't want to be a wrestler; I just became like you know an office worker or something like that." Which isn't you know, which is fine and all, but you know, because I understand like wrestling is a uh, a taxing experience on your body too. So it was like if you you know if you're like twenty five and you don't want to worry about you know being in a ring hurting your body then you know but then again there are people who are legitimately loving the sport of you know wrestling and who will do whatever they want and not, not do whatever they want do whatever it takes to win including if that even means uh pushing their body to like their physical limit so when it came to actually being a wrestler like what was like what was the 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 challenges you were having to find because 
in New York City, you know, or in the tri-state, I should say, you know, there are like, I want to say like maybe five places, at least I know of, that are in like both New Jersey and in New York. And I'm not saying New York City as a whole. I'm saying New York, like in the state of New York. So when you were trained, when you decided to become a pro wrestler, like, how did you narrow it down to like, okay, I want to go to this place because it's right by me or is it just like it's by experience or it was like what was like the 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 way you figured out okay this is where i want to go as a wrestler to be trained as a wrestler yeah when i first started i checked out one school that was maybe an hour away from me and i just couldn't uh at that time couldn't crunch the numbers uh, i was 18 at that time about uh, a year later, I found a school that was uh, closer by me at that time, and it was uh, it was owned and operated by someone that was on television that I knew of and stuff like that. So mm. I went there, and uh, the rest is really history from that. I, I stood there for a good amount of time until it was my time to leave, but uh, that's kind of how it started with wrestling school. And like I, you know, when it comes to wrestling, you kind of have to wait uh, until you're a certain age to do it, because you know it is very dangerous and, and all that. So um, I would say, you know, hopefully, uh, if you're a legitimate school, you don't allow people to start training until they're in their later teens. Uh, so I would say 16, 17, 18, 19, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, it could, it does a lot of damage to your body. Even yeah. if you do things perfectly, it still does a lot of damage to your body. And could, you know, even stunt your growth and stuff like that, I'm sure. I'm not a doctor, so I, I shouldn't oh, say that for not. sure. But it's probably not the best idea to fall on your back constantly uh, as you're growing. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like it, if you do it, if you are wrestling or, ta or training when you're like in your, like, late teens early adulthood you gotta at least wait it like a, a a little while until you like finish growing it because by the by that point it's obviously like you know it's like the same thing when i'm when they're with that with acting is like there's a lot of actors who go into acting especially if they're coming out of college and whatnot who would be very you know mindful of Oh, I want to do all these roles and all this stuff, and then they find out it's like it's a, it's a very cutthroat business. It's like this, I would think the same thing with wrestling too. Whereas it's like a, it's like it's a cutthroat business, but at the same time, it's like it wears down on your body constantly because, especially, and of course, I'm just saying it as an actor because you know I'm trying to like uh, compare it to other things, but I'm pretty sure you know. You haven't like I'm pretty sure you did you like uh you're well, like a promoter didn't say hey uh Anthony I need you to do a monologue in front of the crowd uh, uh <laughs> monologue in front of the crowd you got like five minutes just rehearse this. <laughs> so, yeah. I so, mean yeah no um there I mean what would be equivalent to monologues is all imp improvising when it comes to wrestling. Now, yeah. I, from what I understand, once you get to a company like uh, WWE, which is the biggest show in town, they actually yeah. do have writers and they do have scripts. Um, whether they fire, uh, you know, 
read them or, or, or monologue it to a T. I'm not aware of that uh, per se, but yeah, no, it's all, it's, it's basically, you know, live stunt work. Yeah. With, uh, you know, improvisation. So it's basically like, whose line is it anyway with stunts? So that's (laughs) the best way to really describe it. (laughs) Now, uh, with wrestling being a, a very improbable, uh, improbable, improvisational line of work, have you done something in the ring or figured out uh, like a moment in time where it's like, oh, you know, the blocking between the other two of us, we like, we kind of know what we're doing, like maybe during the match or before the match. I like, say, just don't do this, don't do that. But has like when. Things change during the match, like when uh, things happen to be like booked on the fly or run on the fly, as you say. Like, what is a uh, what is the, the the thought process of okay? I have to work in the moment. Like, what like what is like the the thought process of I have to work on with the with ugh. <sighs> sorry. What is the thought process of I have to work in the moment with something that didn't go according to plan? Yeah, I would say that every match is like that. Now, there's things that happen that may, maybe you follow it to a T that you have either written down or something in the back. But I would say every match you have to work on the fly. And, um, you know, there's things that can happen. Like myself, I've ha- I've been injured during a match. Um, hmm. So I've broken my ankle during a match. I've Ooh, torn my labrum at Catalyst during a match. And you kind of continue forward with that. And hopefully you do have a good partner in the ring to keep you uh, as safe as possible. I don't recommend continuing a match being injured, especially yeah. with how things are um, uh, lately, especially when it comes to concussions and things of that nature. But uh, in my particular case, I did continue, and hopefully you have a good partner, and you kind of, there's kind of like a universal language, even though everyone's changed uh, or trained differently, there's kind of like a universal language when it comes to wrestlers. It's kind of like a secret like um, way of speaking or or whatever to allow you to continue the match and kind of throw everything that you might have had planned. And uh, that's kind of like the best way to explain it. Anytime I speak about wrestling, it's kind of hard to truly encapsulate what it is unless you're in it, you know, because I could explain these things uh, to someone that maybe is not so familiar with wrestling, but at the same time, unless you're in it and you truly have a love for it and a passion for it and and kind of understand uh, everything about it, there's really no true way to explain it because, yes, wrestling is not what normal life would say is real, but at the same time, it is real. Yeah. it's, It's such a strange art form uh to be a part of because it's just like you know when when you're an actor you you have a script to follow and you may make 
you may make uh, ask the director or, or whomever like, oh, I think I might say this sentence this way. What do you think about this? But in wrestling, you kind of like you might have called something in the back where in the match you change it to, let's say, I don't know, a drop kick because something happened to your arm instead. You really don't get, I don't think, uh, in, in a more basic sense of acting, you really don't get that uh, in acting um, where you do in wrestling. Hmm. Yeah, it, it definitely does feel like wrestling is, like you said before, a almost like a version of who lines it, whose lines it anyway, where, you know, your opponent and you would probably figure out something like a, a term of blocking in terms of, okay, this is what we can, we should do and this is what we need to do. Uh, you may have uh, during the match, your opponent might have tweaked you, their knee, so they had to you know work around that. So it's like, or if you're a villain, you know, just say, "Hey, I'm not gonna hurt you." It's just like I gotta, you gotta like I gotta make sure to like sell the whole knee injury and stuff like that too, and not really hurt them. But of course, I'm not like condoning like you gotta go out and like hurt somebody. But but I but, mean, there's there's things that happen in the ring that people legitimately do try to hurt you. Or yeah. maybe take it more competitive in, in the beginning with something we call chain wrestling, which yeah. kind of has a basis in amateur wrestling. And there could be people like, yes, they, they're not going to go in there, let's say, like an MMA fight and try to tap you out or put you to sleep for real. But they're going to kind of like test you as an athlete in a yeah. kind of a Greco-Roman sense that's not planned at all in the back. Or mm. someone can legitimately, let's say you punched them in the eye or something. It could have been a complete mistake as well. And then the other person gets upset and then gives you what is called like a receipt, which is actually try to hurt you with a punch or a kick to yeah. kind of give back to you. So, like I said, it's it's really uh, a unique uh, plat way of acting because it, it is acting, even though yeah. it's... You know, I don't think that stories and and true acting is valued that much in wrestling at this time or maybe ever. Um, but as far as the physical sense, um, it's still there. But I, when it comes to doing a promo, which would be equivalent to a monologue um, or, or showing a different kind of emotion or evolution of a character, I wouldn't say that's really prevalent in wrestling like it would be on a television show or a play or or whatever now you just mentioned character uh was your character or i should say gimmick or yeah gimmick character what have you has it been consistent to when you first started out or like or were there like moments where you actually evolved from that point of that character because i know i've seen your work in Callus, and uh, if I remember correctly, because it has been a year, but you and the 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 owner, then uh, Mr. Entertainment Harry Jorginian, he you know you and him have like a big a uh, big feud in that thing, but over the time with you and him you know feuding, you like your char- your character kind of like took a darker turn in terms of like dealing with the owner. So over over the years, like when you have a 
evolution in your character, is it basically still the same character or is it just like still like some tweaks into that character that's already been there, but it's sort of like you're kind of like opening up a new doorway of that character? Yeah, no, I, I, I would say that I've had different characters. And the issue with wrestling is that you work so many different places that want something different from you that it's hard to really try to evolve yourself. Uh, or, or, you know, there's so many places that just have a match for you. That's the only time that you have. And I, I don't know if that you can do so much of a character change with just a match. It's possible, but it's not a long-term kind of story. It's very much of those 10 to 20 minutes. When I first started wrestling, I was solely a character of just being better than everyone in the sense of physically in the ring, whether yeah. it's whatever my moveset was or, or the smoothment, smoothness excuse me, of my transition, stuff like that. Later on, I kind of adopted a... Um, kind of like a, a V for Vendetta kind of gimmick. Hmm. Uh, and from that, it grew from that, that transition grew to, hey, I want wrestling to be in my own image. So then I would gather this group of people that would be a cult like, yeah, and um, they would put on my face, which was the V for Vendetta Guy Fox mask. Yeah. With, I wish I customized it had like a beard and stuff like that my logo so then it's like I'm making wrestling in my own image with these uh, people and then I called myself the one above all because I thought at that point I was like some kind of like god or uh, above everybody to call myself that so uh, that was kind of the transition there and when you you know you just mentioned Harry uh, when I joined Catalyst, Harry uh, was like the head of Catalyst, right? Yeah. And I was very much an anti-establishment kind of guy. And I didn't trust Harry, and I thought Harry was corrupt. And, you know, absolute power always corrupts absolutely, right? So yeah. that was kind of the gimmick there. But, like, dealing with Harry and dealing with him constantly... Uh, bothering me or constantly involving himself in my matches or, or whatever I was doing, it kind of made my character more bitter to go to that more dark side and kind of yeah. be more of a, a darker character than I was as just a strict anti-establishment character. Now, how did you get into uh, callous wrestling uh, as a wrestler there? Because... Uh, as I've only worked there, I mean, I've I still kind of work there because I still do like uh, re, you know, writing reports, but that's all like uh, when they could because one, I gotta actually catch up on Callus Wrestling on YouTube, and as, as I said, um, I you know, uh, the last time I really watched it was probably like a year ago when uh, the Side Owl stuff was sort of like closing its like tournament, so. And I'm also, and this actually does bring a good point up, but I'll get to it uh, get to it in a little while. But COVID, especially as an independent uh, wrestler, and you know, going to shows that have little to no crowd or no crowd at all, just limited to the wrestlers or the uh, staff there, 
compared to now where it is sort of like it is slowly getting back up. But again, that's a different question altogether. But how did you get into Catalyst Wrestling? Uh, so how I got into Catalyst was I knew at the time the one of the co-owners, we worked together in the past when it came to wrestling, other promotions. And I believe, don't quote me on this, it was maybe the third show Catalyst had. And they, uh, he asked me to come in. I wrestled MJF at the first time oh, wow. I was at Catalyst. Who MJF is a, a huge deal in wrestling right now. One of the most important wrestlers out there. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how it started. It was like one of those, uh, I need you for this role. I know you can do it because of our work in the past. And that's how it kind of started. Hmm. Uh, from how it's gone... And uh, Matt Ryan, who is one of the producers there at uh, Catalyst, he's talked about in the past of all the people who has worked in there, like former, like you just mentioned MGF. Uh, I know Sonny Kiss was there, and I believe Daniel Rose and Jake Hager, even if it was just like a one night only thing. From and Kobe Carino, I'm not sure if he's still the champion. I'm not sure if or if that has changed, but I know for a while he was the champion there, and now he's doing amazing work in the NWA. From your standpoint, and you see all these people jumping, well, I wouldn't say jumping, but working from Catalyst Wrestling to, say, like the AEW or NWA or WWE, where it's just like they have this uh, position, especially as an independent wrestler, where it's just like, they have made it to the big time compared to, say, you know, just a few years ago, you know, you and them were probably in the back somewhere eating, like, eating or and just, like, shooting the shit, where it's just like, hey, you know, you know, you think Batman could really take out Superman or something like that, sort of, like, like, like that sort of thing, where it's just like, where it's just like, because I've had moments in the past where it's like, I've, worked with people especially as an actor to see my friends go on to bigger things to go and go wow i was actually acting with them like maybe three years ago and now they're booking a tv deal i'm like 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 it just blows my mind of how essentially like the people that you work with especially as a wrestler they may become a a very big factor maybe in a span of say two years, maybe even one year, depending on if how well the trajectory is uh, promotion-wise. Yeah, I mean, I, I myself have done AEW extra work. So I to kind of see, um, to go to AEW and see such um, a high level of, of what, you know, what would essentially be like a production, TV production team and stuff like that compared to the independent level. And then to go to a locker room where I would see that I was on the same show as now obviously having big money contracts, being on television every week. And like we've wrestled in front of like no people. And now yeah. they're wrestling in front of 10,000 people, I think it was that night. So like... um I've, I've gotten a taste of that as well, but it, it is very surreal. And I mean, I'm sure it's just like acting where it's yeah. like one day you're acting in front of no people. And then the next day, you know, whether it's your agent or whomever kind of books you 
on some sitcom or whatever the case is, and then your life kind of changes completely. It was like one day you're living kind of, you know, the same as the Jefferson song, right? Yeah. So you're, you're moving on up, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, especially if you're in New York City, where it's just like a lot of people who live in New York City as an actor, they kind of like want to make it there as an actor compared to people who go to L.A. who want to be an actor because of, you know, Highward and stuff like that, too. And they kind of like see the nature of the beast uh, because of, you know, casting and stuff like that. But that's different. You know, that's a that that's a different uh, conversation. <laughs> not not yeah. involved in wrestling. But but uh, but speaking of California, uh, have you actually worked in uh, uh, California? Uh, in yeah, I worked in San Diego before. Oh, because I I rarely I mean the Cal because I know the California wrestling scene is essentially I'm not sure if there's still one of the strongest points in terms of independent wrestling. You know now nowadays it's sort of like oh if you if you think of independent wrestling it's like you think of probably places that are usually like maybe like Jersey, Philadelphia, Washington D.C., New York, uh, Maryland. You know, maybe even Rhode Island. Sometimes I'm not sure if there actually there is probably a, a preparation of uh, Rhode Island, but compare. Uh, but from a wrestling stamp, I mean a wrestler standpoint, what was like the the vibe going? I mean, yeah, what was like the vibe going into uh, a California or West Coast uh, wrestling thing compared to say an East Coast uh, federation? Or is it just basically the, like the same, like the same thing, but just like booked differently? You know, it's a different style. You know, it's more. Uh, I think honestly, I would say that I don't think I really changed it up too much when I went to San Diego, just because I would say that the wrestling fans in San Diego were kind of like the same in in like a, a city kind of sense. You know how like a lot of uh, just kind of in a political way kind yeah. of uh you go to like certain cities and they're like kind of the same in their mentality of how they kind of view politics right it's yeah. more liberal than than it would be at in in, in like a in in like a landlocked kind of state i guess so yeah. like i wouldn't say necessarily like in california but there's like if i go to jersey I may have to wrestle a different style because it's not the city. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere, you know? Yeah. So um, I would say there is differences depending on where you are, right? So if you wrestle in, like, the South, yeah, you would have to wrestle. You may have to wrestle more of, like, a story character-based where if you wrestle in New York City, they kind of only care more about i shouldn't say only care they care much more about work rate uh, mm. match quality kind of how hard you hit um yeah. the realism of it i guess so uh yeah but it, it all depends it literally could change from city to city province to province state to state all that mm. because uh i've yeah, uh, one of my friend or well, one of my brother's friends, you know, he is a former wrestler and he hasn't worked in wrestling since I believe the late nineties, early two thousands. So he has like, he, like he's been gone for like a long while. So he's kind of like very used to 
like independent wrestling, sort of like the, the days of close to a sense of the days of old, where it was like West Coast being like more. And he, and he is, and he does live in the West Coast. He he lives in um, California, so he's kind of like very used to like the the California way of like West Coast wrestling and stuff like that too. Even though he has worked in um, the East Coast before, but yeah, I did want to like ask, like especially going like as a wrestler is like especially knowing like what type of. promotions there was especially in the west coast compared to um i wouldn't say like the precedes promotions but like like promotions that were very famous because they were like the like the jumping off point for various you know wrestlers because they were on the west coast like if that if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah i mean um it's, I would say i think i would say that the like the strongest aspect of indie wrestling is on the northeast. Um, I don't. I'm not not to say that California doesn't, but it has. When it comes to like what exactly California wrestling scene, independent scene is, it's kind of like more like uh, syndication kind of wrestling, ah, where yeah. they they do wrestling and they kind of syndicate it to local stations. Um, yeah. There is there is more independent like new I I don't want to say New York style let's just say Northeast style wrestling there yeah uh, but I would say that when you go to California you're more inclined to work uh, syndication style television wrestling uh, yeah. than you were in the Northeast right Northeast there is TV style wrestling but it's more whatever you want to call the internet is now uh when it comes to like uh syndication right so you might do a couple shows which will go on like an all wrestling site which you know your show might premiere every thursday or every other month or whatever the case is which is a lot different from doing a weekly show on syndication on like a channel nine or abc affiliate or whatever the case is right yeah uh now Going back to my uh, previous question I just mentioned, which was COVID. Uh, when wrestling shut down, well, yeah, when when everything was shutting down in March of 2020, I was about to say 2022, uh, knock on wood there. Uh, I don't want everything to shut down again. Please, God, please don't. Have it. Anyway, uh, when two years ago, when everything shut down, wrestling was at a standstill. Uh, a lot of play, you know, Matt Ryan, again, from Catalyst, he said that he, they were basically, they had a couple of, they had a lot of matches set up to a point of, like, say, mid, mid-April mid show, and then they would have to go essentially go back to the archives and basically create more stories from previous, thing, you know, uh, previous stories, stuff like that, too. But from an independent uh, wrestling standpoint, what what about the business change from... March of 2020 compared to now, especially both as a wrestler and as a uh, a business wrestler or agent or like when you had to take a like a booking. There we go. I I don't know what the I don't know what the the business like the like you had the professional wrestling. Well, you had the wrestling side and then you had the business side. There we go. Yeah. 
So as as a wrestler, um, so you would go into these shows. There would be more tapings. There would be no fans there. And depending on the show, you may have to perform in front of the actual wrestlers, which yeah. is all is all also unique because at least the way I see it, you kind of go out there and now you have to be even more impressive because now you kind of have to impress the people that are in wrestling yeah. for them to react, which is different because when you perform in front of an audience, you're more of an illusionist, uh, a magician. So you may want them to believe uh, your tricks, right? But now yeah. you're performing in front of people that know your tricks. So it's kind of like that Penn and Teller show where yeah. you have to perform and they have to guess what, how you did the performance. So that's one aspect. But then you would wrestle in front of nobody, right? Which is yeah. also unique because now it feels more real. It's literally you, uh, another opponent, and a referee, maybe a camera, whatever. And it's like it feels more like an actual legitimate fight now, you know? Yeah. Because you're not performing. You, you have no one else to look to to get a reaction. You literally have to kind of uh, perform with that person, you know? Um, as far as like the business side of it, it, it hurt a lot because so many places disappeared completely or, uh, you know, it took a while for them to come back or, um, you know, there would be dry spells of, of, of actual shows because you wouldn't be able to send out your resume or reach out to somebody because that show doesn't exist anymore or doesn't yeah. exist at that time. And then depending on which, um, state you were in what what allowed what and yeah you had to go get a covid test if that was even possible in the time frame needed or if you got covid how long it took to actually recover because covid attacks you uh or had attacked at least me physically where it took me a good amount of time to get my wind back oh wow is, yeah so um so it it, it really um was a unique situation when it came to that and you know it was a lot like acting um, yeah or actors what they had to deal with as well uh but i i don't think it was as severe because you know i mean broadway came back like not oh, yeah. too long ago at this point so uh i wouldn't say it was as severe because there was shows still going on during covid but it was a lot harder to find consistent work um, like I had previously. Now, one may like going back to that qu uh, question, especially on the on the wrestling side. Uh, wrestling is a closed contact sport, uh, and you don't want to be, you know. I mean, there was a time where the WWE and AEW, and probably a few other places, were doing more cinematic matches, where it'd be like more. Uh, Singular location, spread out, filmed in advance, that sort of thing too. When it came to the, you know, the, you know, the art of wrestling, like what was changing? Because you know, what was changing? Just regardless, whereas like, I don't want to do a move too close to you, you know. Yeah, I don't want to do a move too close to you, so I don't want to like get get the risk of uh because the same thing it's like the same thing in um theater where it's like in theater 
we're all very close together, you know, especially if you're behind the, you know, behind the scenes. Uh, on stage, it might be spread out, but behind the scenes, if you're waiting behind the queue, you might be essentially, you know, like maybe two feet across from somebody. And, you know, with it being, you know, socially distant and stuff like that too, from a wrestling standpoint, like what was changing compared to like, say previously where it's like, oh yeah, you know, I could do it like a, um, uh, a bear hug on you and I won't be uh that won't be too much of a problem. Now I probably would have to, you know, figure out, you know, what is more comfortable now from a wrestler standpoint in order to perform a match because like you said before, you know, it is an art form. At the same time, I mean it's an art form that has like a great illusionist feel to it, where it's just like, you know, will changing a moveset uh, factor in into essentially, hey, I got to figure out a new moveset because, you know, pre-COVID, this was okay, but post-COVID, this might not be okay. Yeah, I, I can't, I wouldn't say necessarily that, you know, there's really no way, it's not like you can have a wrestling match and be socially distant. It's impossible. Yeah, obviously. Right. But, um I would say the only real difference when it came to in-ring, I would say that you would probably not perform a more high-risk move yeah, because there was no one there to get the reaction from. So, like, if there – wrestling is always risky. No matter if you know how to hit a move, regardless, it is always risky. But there's moves that are more risky than others. So I would say the more high-risk moves – Maybe something to the outside, onto the concrete or mats or whatever. You probably, I would say most people probably avoided when there was no crowds. I would also say probably like spit, stuff like that was avoided as well. I would say COVID affected more the backstage area. Yeah. where, Where it was more, you know, people had masks or they had to prove that they were vaccinated or whatever the case is. Or uh, or tested, um, people were more socially distant there. Or you would have a conversation outside, uh, compared to being in the locker room. Um, so yeah. Now, uh, Callus Wrestling did uh, well through a series of interesting. Uh, I'm trying to remember how it happened, but through a series of interesting things. They inherited an island of that was supposedly a um, uh, Ontario. Uh, I'm not sure if it was supposedly it was the island that, uh, but essentially side out island. Working on a quote unquote deathmatch island for a long period of time, especially from a wrestling standpoint, where it's like okay, I'm gonna be in this location for X amount of months. It is for a tournament. It is for a good call. A cause, you know. I'm, you know, it's it's a tournament for money. You know, I need money because of you know what's been happening with COVID and everything too. Uh, you know, compared to say AEW, where it's like, oh, they were they practically had a residency. I mean, with both AEW and WWE, where they basically had a residency with one single location, the Daily's place and the Thunderdome for it's like a period of close to a year or over a year. Mm-hmm. When it became apparent that, yes, I have to wrestle for 
X amount of days at this one single location because of, you know, TV tapings or what have you, like, from a physical standpoint is, like, was it, like, almost, like, was the wear and tear, like, yeah, was there, like, wear and tear where it's, like, you just didn't want to, like, over-exhaust uh, your body or exert your body? There we go. Yeah, I... I don't know how to really answer that because I didn't. I was eliminated quite quick, quickly from that. So no, I wouldn't. Ha- I wouldn't have. <laughs> not um, sorry. No, that's no problem. I Again, really, this has been like a year since I've, I I caught up with everything, so I'm just like no issue at all. Uh, so I don't. I myself don't have a personal experience on how that would be. No, okay, but yeah, the it does bring up a. a a good point of where and I wouldn't say wear and tear, but just like endurance tests, especially if you have to be in a uh, single location for say an X amount of time, especially as a wrestler, especially if you if you have to do TV tapings for like say uh, a five weeks worth of TV tapings in a span of like say a week or so from. Yeah, from from that uh, from that question though, has the business essentially changed from a uh, television uh, TV standpoint? Where it's like now, okay, yeah, because uh, you brought up AEW before. You know, you wrestled uh, AEW Dark, or wrestled, or rather, you wrestled on AEW Dark. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it does bring up a good point or a good question I have, which was essentially compared to say, I know it's a long winded, I mean, a, a long winded question, I'm sorry, but from a day of performance, like say I, I'm going to be wrestling in, say, Boston in, in two weeks. Compared to say, okay, but in the meantime, I do have, I, I do have a booking down in, say nwa for pay-per-view before that you know compared to say you know be before yeah between a live show that's like a pay-per-view compared to say a single show that's like a uh, just a regular single show like what is the yeah what is the like the 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 process for that day especially you know, especially when it's so like, especially when my show called call time, what is exactly is the call time between like those two shows? Where it's like one show is just an independent show with like say three hundred people, compared to say a pay per view with like say five thousand people. Yeah. So when it comes to like the TV companies, you have to show up around. Um, I would say six to seven hours before the show Mm. when it comes to an independent company i think it's fair to say maybe three to two hours before the show starts yeah and um i think the the issue when you're an independent wrestler as far as call times is that you have more than likely have a life outside of wrestling to help provide uh for you and in, 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 in your life, you know, groceries, rent, stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like if a show's on a Friday, you know, you don't get out of work until three. 
and then you have to be the show starts at seven. So yeah. that definitely takes, you know, plus you have a whole day of work that you already did. You know, how many people, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that have multiple jobs as well, but how many people, you know, you start a nine to five and then the next thing, you know, you also have to go to a show after that and physically perform and you're already <laughs> tired. And who's to say that you didn't wake up early to also work out or, or run or whatever. So that's that's another negative when it comes to like indie wrestling, where if you're in AEW, more than likely uh, that is your only job. I mean, you could be like other wrestlers who also want to delve in acting or, or other kind of brands or, or I have this health plan or, or whatever the case is. But more than likely your TV contract is enough to provide for you and your family. So also in indie wrestling, but it's the same kind of for TV as well, depending on which company you're a part of. But, you know, you could be, you try to to get your schedule full. So you could be in Boston on Friday, and then you got to go to uh, Pennsylvania the next day. Then you got to go to like Virginia the day after that. And then you got to go back home. So you're in the car for tons of hours at that point which there is no recovery for your body where, you no. know, when you're a bodybuilder or, or uh, health nut, let's just say, um, you know, you have your recovery days where wrestling, you may have to wrestle on your recovery days or, or whatever the case is. So it's a lot more taxing on the body and like you, and you also have to perform at this level now where, you know, you can't show your fatigue or you can't show you have to be uh, in, in, in a condition that people can't tell, like you wrestled the past two nights for an hour because they have no idea what you did the, the two nights previously when it comes to indie wrestling. Uh, when it comes to like the AEW, like kind of schedule, like, uh, you, you know, you have to work your TV tapings or if you have to do dark. From what I understand, usually it's it might be at most a three-day kind of process. Hmm. Uh, and they don't do house shows that I'm aware of. Uh, so I, think, do that, I, think, I do yeah. think that aspect of COVID kind of helped the wrestlers where, you know, you had to do your TV tapings. You had two days off, let's say for WWE. Then you had to do house shows for the next three days. Then you had to do TV or pay-per-view or whatever. And you only had two days and basically one day is just traveling. So you had one day off and yeah. your body's so broken and defeated. And you just got to keep doing it week after week. Yeah, because I, I honestly wondered about that because uh, especially, I mean, all companies are different, especially if it's a wrestling company. You know, WWE has their own, like, set schedule of, like, if you're on TV that day, you know, like, you, you're working on Roar, you know, there's a couple of dark matches before Roar and after Roar. And then the following day, you know, you got people who are in NXT, blah, 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 and then compared to, say, uh, an independent show, say, you know, pro wrestling, uh, like, pro wrestling America or something like that, you know, they're doing a show on Friday, 
And like you just said before, you have to set your schedule and all that stuff, especially if you are working. You know, I've had friends, especially who are actors, who have to literally like the same thing where it's like they are literally working the day of they're working their job the day of before they have to go out and just go right back into they have to run to the theater to that day so they don't have to miss that show because it's like the same thing where it's just like if it's like a full-fledged performance instead of like a one-night thing or if yeah if it's like a one-night thing it, or if it's like a comedy show that like i've been part of it might be like a two-hour call time right but if it's like a, a play right a performance it's like the same thing we're at tv taping where i have to arrive six hours before schedule because we still have to do you know check-ins we still have to do uh any last minute changes to the script you know the director might have a new uh blocking for one of us you know uh a like you has to be fixed you know because you know it's the, the day of and it's always been and then and again theater is a very fun place because it's always evolving and i think the same thing could be with wrestling because it's always evolving too especially in that moment uh yeah, uh, I think that's sort of, uh, yeah, that's sort of like I have in terms of questions. Uh, oh, uh, so I do have one last question, though, uh, and it is regarding to, like, characters in wrestling. I noticed that more recently, you know, characters in wrestling have either been hits with, the, and this is probably something that you probably could talk about is that when there are like characters or gimmicks in the crowd that are i wouldn't say are being pushed on people like a like the characters being pushed on people where it's like you have to cheer for this or by the time they you know like they start cheering for them they might just stop booing them when there are characters in wrestling or rather when there are wrestlers who are trying to work a crowd and the crowd that's do, does not you know seem to agree with them they might just back away and they start you know like changing their character on i wouldn't say the day of but maybe after the like after a match they say you know i don't think i can work as a face anymore they don't i don't feel like i comfortable as a face i just might just start working as a, a bad guy you know when it comes to characters in wrestling like what is the I wouldn't say the secret ingredient, but what is the fact, like the X factor that allows these characters to essentially survive? Because, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin is a fabulous character. Brett the Hitman Hawn is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. You know, Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, you know, I could let's go on and on, like other, fa you know, great characters over the past, like, say, 30 years, but when I think of, you know, characters now, I think of, you know, like, Sami Zayn has a great character going with him because, you know, he has a, a whole conspiracy theorist type of character. Uh, I love the fact that Seth Rollins has, like, relished in the fact that he's become, like, he has, like, that God complex thing where he's, like, he's more mindful about everything is, you know, everything is him. You know, like, everything has to be about him. That sort of factor. Uh, like, the fiend not my fiend uh, the my fiend poster is because i love the character of the fiend because i love how the, the quality was played on the thing but nowadays i see like whenever there's a, a good wrestler with a good gimmick or a good character sometimes 
the crowd is like kind of behind it, but booking wise, it's not really impactful. Yeah, so I've had situations where I've literally had to change my game plan as far as what my character is during a match. Mm. So I went in there thinking, okay, I would be the bad guy. And then when I came, when I went out there, they weren't cheering for the other guy. They were cheering for me. So we kind of switched the roles literally right there. When, nowadays, when it comes to wrestling, I think that you have to be aware of things and not force things onto people. Yeah. Uh, people kind of, um, they want some sort of like realness to it. Uh, in a lot of ways like they want to if you don't believe it they're not going to believe it so like i guess the best example to use right now like roman reigns yeah for for a long time was uh supposedly supposed to be a good guy and yeah. don't get me wrong it, it did work right but eventually when they did do that transition into being a uh, more of a villain you know, that was, I would say that's more to what Roman is now and kind of was exactly what the people wanted. And yeah. I think the most successful thing for anything is to do what the people want, That especially if they pay for your product. It's like, yeah. why would you, why would you change things up if they want, you know, if it's not broken, don't fix it kind of thing. And, like, let's say, as far as longevity, let's take Bret Hart. Yeah. You know, when it comes to Bret Hart uh, on a TV aspect, he started as a tag wrestler. Not, let's just say, not much of a character in that sense. He had a cool look. His yeah. partner, either they kind of had, like, his partner was, like, the big kind of brute kind of character, and he was more of the technician. Then you see him kind of climbing up the ladder. Then he becomes, like, um, you know, not to steal from the rock, kind of like the people's champion, like the people just related to him because yeah. they saw him struggle. And then to the point where, where maybe that was getting too tiring, there he is, like, oh, you know, I'm Canadian. I'm kind of better than you, than you Americans yeah. kind of thing, which, you know, plays perfectly into Austin, who, you know, at that time, once you're in the mid-90s, uh, you kind of had this, like, uh um culture where it was kind of like you know fuck the rules kind of thing i'm sorry if i'm not supposed to curse no you can curse so uh so it was kind of that and that character fit and then it's like bret hart who's like a very traditional uh wrestler and and hero you know kind of like the the boy scout and then you have steve austin who's a very non-traditional hero that was perfect for the mid-90s yeah, so. because yeah, because the way I see it now is like I just see a lot of wrestlers, especially now. I wouldn't say the older wrestlers, but the newer wrestlers, they are like finding this spotlight. But it is taking time for them to find that spotlight because of say booking issues or just like you said before, like a like they put their like they become a part of a tag team, and the tag team just happens to be more like. Uh, I wouldn't say stable, but more like fan friendly, or they really hate them as a tag team. So you know they're working well as a tag team, that sort of thing too. Where it's just like, I think it's also another thing where it's like now with the 
the advantage of social media, wrestlers are now getting a lot more uh, attention to not only their character work, but also their, like, say, in-ring ability, too. Whereas just, like, nowadays, uh, like, I'm pretty sure Twitter or Instagram was probably, or Facebook even, were, like, you know, 30 years ago, where it was, well, yeah, like, 25 years ago, where it was, like, the at the, at the start of the uh, attitude era, like it would be a different, uh, like a different uh, feeling back then, especially with the with people posting online saying, you know, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin just won, uh, well, not Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Mankind just won the the belt from The Rock, and it was during uh, a a uh, tape taping, and no one knew about that, and then sure enough. Uh, you know, there's that famous clip of uh, Cervani, I think, saying, oh, by the way, uh, you know, uh, don't go watch the uh, promotion that's on the other channel because their uh, champion is being dethroned by, uh, like, some sort of other champion tonight. And then that kind of, like, changes, that changes the perspective of, oh, Mankind actually won the champion, and then suddenly everybody just starts watching the, that thing compared to now, where it's just like nowadays, because of social media, you know, nothing really is sacred anymore. And, I mean, it is sacred, but it just depends on the 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 character. There we go. And just to wrap it back to the character work. Yeah, I mean, I would say with the internet and with social media, like to be a character is so much more difficult like mjf is uh the perfect um evolution of that you know yeah. he sticks to his character even on social media but nowadays at least the internet aspect which is a portion of the audience they kind of like want to know like the real you which yeah. back then you didn't you thought thought man you know mick foley was a great person you didn't necessarily know that nowadays it's like they'll post social media whether it's political views or social views or you know their their family pictures or whatever yeah and it's like i didn't know who stone cold what stone cold's family looked like when i was watching television in the 90s you know nor yeah. did i care and now nowadays it's like uh, that kind of aspect of kind of being in character 24-7 is, is just a lot for a lot of people to kind of uh, to do. Like, you have to be a special kind of talent to yeah. be able to do that for social media, for television, which I think, for me, I think it's best to just kind of leave people in, in mystery. Hmm. And speaking of social media, and I'm kind of like, as to wrap up my show, uh, where can we find you on social media? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Twitter, it's at Anthony Gangone. On Instagram, it's at Anthony Gangone underscore. And then you just search my name uh, on Facebook. Um, I, I don't... I try to be as entertaining as I can be or a worth a follow as I can be, but I really hate social media. It's yeah. really against um, me as a, as a human being, what, what I would do if I wasn't, you know, in wrestling or performing. 
But uh, if you do want to follow me, uh, that's where you can find me. Yeah, uh, I've I'm I'm a, it's odd because uh, we're I'm at a a, a light at a like I'm literally at a phase in my life where social media is so dependent on not only views but also just like networking too. So it's like I wouldn't like oh and I think this would be a great question to leave everything off is that in terms of social media and with people wanting to network. Like, do you see that being much more of a long-lasting, a long-lasting uh, substitute, or do you just prefer say, hey, I know a wrestler, I could get contact with them, and I could just call them up or text them or whatnot, I, or I could just email them. Compared to say, uh, like some kid, uh, well, some kid wanting to just DM you, DM you is like, hey, can you give me a match? Like, I'm a wrestler, that sort of thing, too. Yeah, so I would say that it's definitely easier nowadays to try to network with people with social media, whether that's kind of more performative than, you know, and there's kind of a performative aspect even in person that sometimes you see from people but yeah i would say it's definitely easier to be seen and all that compared to what it used to be with wrestling with social media um but i still feel that um making a actual connection to someone um face to face is still the best way to network uh compared to just kind of being a faceless person on the internet now that in wrestling at least that's all i can really speak to that still works don't get me yeah. wrong but i'm saying like maybe to get to the next level where you want to be to f actually physically know someone or have a relationship with someone um on top of being a hard worker and, and producing a good content um is probably still the best option when it comes to networking Hmm. All right, that's a great answer. Uh, again, Mr. Gangon, uh, thank you for your time for taking a, a essentially an hour out of your busy schedule. I know we kind of like ran up a little long, but uh, I had a lot of questions in terms of. Uh, I feel like the business side of wrestling has always been an interesting side to hear about, and you have a lot of experience to talk about, especially as a wrestler. And you know, going forward, you know, I. I can't wait to see where you pop up next, even if it's like a, uh, uh, like a two day, like a two day before, I was going to say a two day performance, a two day wrestling event in the same city. And like, oh, you know, like, oh, you're doing Brooklyn. Okay. Or you're doing something in, in Queens in the following, um, the following night. I'm like, oh, wow. He's like, I'm, but I'm pretty sure that's like a, uh, anyway, uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's <laughs> well. I'm sorry, I was rambling on there a little bit. Uh, but yeah, thank you for taking an hour of your busy schedule to talk to me about wrestling, but also just like the business side and also stuff like that too. Uh, as always, everyone, please be safe, be healthy, be well, and take care, everybody.